Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Battleground Live. Uh, hey, this is episode two. I'm really, really psyched to have you here. Although I wish it was under better circumstances. And the title of this episode is America is Dying because I don't think that our great nation, our great republic is, is dead and gone yet. I still think there's time to save it. But the window to save this country and the Constitution of the United States is closing, and it's closing fast. Rarely do authoritarian regimes like the Biden regime use this totalitarian power that they have and that they're wielding to punish, jail their political opponents. Rarely do they do they use that power only one single time. And We've seen over the last six months uh, weaponization of our justice system going after President Donald Trump uh, over and over and over again with a bunch of, no pun intended, trumped up charges uh, with the express sole purpose of derailing his political campaign to become president again in this country in 2024. It's shameful. Uh, before I get into all that, I want to thank the founding sponsor to Battleground Live. Uh, it's Deepwell Services. They're a Western Pennsylvania energy company. Uh, if you like you know, having the lights on in your house, thank an energy worker. If you like air conditioning, thank an energy worker. If you like having gas in your car that's inexpensive, thank an energy worker. Um, hell, I'll just even go this far. If climate change is something that's important to you, and probably many of the people here watching this episode is probably what probably not all that important to you. I get it. Um, but but if it is, thank an energy worker because it's through market-based innovations at companies like Deepwell that have allowed us to decrease our carbon emissions in this country, and certainly here in my home state of Pennsylvania, every year for the last 20 years to a standard that is better than set forth in the Paris Climate Accord. So if you're like climate change, 
<laughs> if you're a climate change, purple haired grad student freak that likes to protest these energy workers, well, really, maybe you shouldn't protest them. Maybe you should thank them. So again, thank you to Deep Well Services. This show would not be possible without great patriots like yourself. Also, if you've seen me on the Wendy Bell Radio Network over the last, I think I hosted her show nine times now. We always ask very early on to rumble. There's this little green thumb at the bottom of every video. And I live stream this this show every day. We'll do it every day at 5 p.m., but it's exclusive to rumble. Liking those videos, really, really important stuff because I guess rumble pays attention to that stuff. And they got these computer geeks behind the screen that if you like the show a bunch of times, they notice it and it makes it more likely for them to feature it. I don't understand how it all works. I'm just told that's the best way to do things. So if you could like or rumble on this video, that would be greatly, that would just help me so much. Also, feel free to comment. I'm going to do everything I can to jump in the live comments, uh, both during the show and after the show to communicate directly with you on all this breaking news, politics, culture, all the stuff that we're going to talk about today. Also, my website, officialseanparnell.com. We're rolling out a a kick-ass new apparel company. It's called Battleground Apparel Company. It's the motto of Battleground for both the weekly flagship podcast and Battleground Live, never quit, never surrender. This country, we, we cannot afford to break contact right now from the radical left. We're in the trenches. We're in this together to the bitter end because we need to make sure that our children inherit a country that's rich with opportunity. Battleground Apparel Company, it's just a clothing line uh, it's a lifestyle brand that embodies that. So if you believe in America, you believe in this country, go over to the website, We're rolling out new T-shirt designs all the time, uh, almost sold out after hosting Wendy Bell last week. But we're getting new stuff in uh, this shirt right here. Battleground Apparel Company says do not comply in the back. I think you'll totally dig it. So go to officialshawnparnell.com for all that stuff. Um, OK, back to back to the breaking news of the day. If any of you all were paying attention, and I hope that you were, and I'm sure there are some people out there that you know had their head in the sand and were paying attention to this stuff, or you live under a rock somewhere, uh, hopefully those people are watching this show now so they say they could learn a little bit about what the direction that we're headed in our country. The Georgia, a, a DA in Georgia named Fannie Willis indicted President Trump, I think that's what, for the fourth time um, on crazy, ridiculous RICO charges. Um, the video of her indicting President Trump came out after our battleground live, but we brought it to you as soon as the news broke yesterday. Um, I happened to stay up and watch that press conference last night, and we pulled some of the video for you. So I want to, I want you all to see the exact moment that she decided to indict President Trump, and then I'll give you my opinion on it. Let's go ahead and roll the tape. I'm here with the prosecutors and investigators who have worked diligently on the investigation of criminal attempts to interfere in the administration of Georgia's 2020 presidential election. Today, based on information developed by that investigation, a Fulton County grand jury returned a true bill of indictment, charging 19 individuals with violations of Georgia law arising from a criminal conspiracy to overturn the results of the 2020 
presidential election in this state. The indictment includes 41 felony counts and is 97 pages long. Please remember that everyone charged in this bill of indictment is presumed innocent. Specifically, the indictment brings felony charges against Donald John Trump. Every individual charged in the indictment is charged with one count of violating Georgia's Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act through participation in a criminal enterprise in Fulton County, Georgia and elsewhere to accomplish the illegal goal of allowing Donald J. Trump to seize the presidential term of office beginning on January 20th, 21. You know what strikes me after watching that clip? It's There's an odd energy in that room, clearly, but she seems breathlessly excited to do it. And none of us should be surprised because this woman, along with Alvin Bragg, all of the, or Letitia James, also up in New York, all of these crazy communist mouth breathers who are low talent, uh, who are complete morons, all of these people campaigned on putting Donald Trump in jail, and now they're making good on this. And the the mind-blowing thing about all of this is the media is just acting like our justice system is working as it's intended. It's fair and impartial. All of these people campaigned and are fundraising off of the political persecution of Donald Trump. In fact, Fannie Willis, this this corrupt mouth-breathing DA in Georgia just sent out a fundraising email today fundraising off of these indictments. Oh, please give me your money so that I can help politically persecute Donald Trump. You can't make this stuff up, folks. And, and the presumption of innocence, okay? The presumption of innocence, really? <laughs> the clerk for the, the DA in Georgia, in Fulton County, released the indictment on the official court docket like 12 hours before the DA actually indicted anybody. It's almost like the entire system is corrupt. It's almost as if the entire system is rigged. Where have we heard that term rigged before? Oh, that's right. The 2020 election. Oh, what's this all about? Oh, it's about the rigged 2020 election. They're prosecuting President Trump for speaking out about that. It, what President Trump talked about today, and he released a statement earlier today, I'm not going to read it for you, but he said, basically, they, look at who these people are prosecuting. I called out the fact that there were problems with this election. I'm trying to make the system better, and they're prosecuting me. They're not going after the people who rigged it. What does that tell you about the state of our country? And so the interesting thing about the interesting thing about this indictment being leaked uh, clearly the clerk they, now now Fannie Willis has said that oh it's fictitious the clerk uh, for Fulton County released a statement today saying oh it was just a dry run we we didn't actually mean to post it well okay so question question here for you know question from somebody who thinks for themselves um, okay is it fictitious. Or was it a dry run? Because I don't believe those two things should live. They, they can't live in the same world. It's either one or the other. Not to mention that 
every single indictment in the in the dry run or in the fictitious version that this clerk posted on the official court docket for Fulton County, they were exactly the same. You heard Fannie Willis talk about this. There's like 19 different criminal charges. The damn thing's like 100 pages long. It was identical. <laughs> word for word, identical. Every charge the same. So please explain to me how this isn't rigged. And here's the interesting thing. Here's there's the last thing I'll say about, about this. Um, well, I'll tell you what, it ain't going to be the last thing I say about it, but the last thing I say on this point, the the in, the indictments that they're rolling out could put Trump in prison. Now, there's a Breitbart article um, that came out that put Trump in prison for 76 years in, uh, in prison in Georgia, 91 counts, 717 years overall, plus, plus the death penalty. Is that not the craziest thing that you ever heard in your life? The, isn't that crazy? And so, so Fannie Willis leaks this stuff to the clerk or someone from her office leaks this stuff to the clerk, exact same charges get put out. Clearly that wasn't supposed to happen. The people got a glimpse behind the curtain there. And this is what I want you all to pay attention to. Obviously the clerk wasn't supposed to post the indictments prior to the grand jury recommending indictments. That was a mistake. But for that brief time that those indictments were erroneously posted. You got a glimpse behind the curtain. So these indictments weren't supposed to be rolled out from the grand jury until today. We weren't like nobody in the media was expecting these indictments to hit the wires until today. Last night after the show concluded, the judge told the media that they, the judge would have to be there even longer because the grand jury was deliberating and that the judge dismissed the media uh, for dinner and told him a time to come back. And then Fannie Willis trots out to the podium and reads all of the indictments about President Donald Trump last night. Why do you think that? Why? Why the urgency to get it out? Why? Because the entire thing was pre-decided and they wanted to diminish the window between, you know, this, this, this mistake when the clerk ac accidentally, accidentally released this indictment. They wanted to diminish the window for the time between that and the actual indictments. They didn't want that window to stretch out very long because they didn't want Americans to pay attention to what's happening because the longer that that window is open between when that indictment the fake indictment or the actual indictments were were leaked and the time they actually made the indictments more americans question what's actually happening the point that i'm trying to make folks is that this entire process this entire process has been predetermined trump's fate his he, she, she talks about the presumption of innocence he has he has been he is guilty in the eyes of all these da's and in the eyes of the system itself, God help us all, because I, I opened up the show saying that the window to save our great country is closing and closing fast. You know, when I volunteered to serve this country after 9-11, I did so because I love this country. I believed, you know, with that American flag on my shoulder and the might and power of the U.S. military at my back, 
we could accomplish any mission. I believed in my heart of hearts that the U.S. was the greatest benevolent force known to man. And, and by by and large, I still believe that. But it requires, in order, <sighs> our leaders must be moral people. Our leaders must believe in the dream that is America. Our leaders have to believe in the flag. Our leaders should believe in freedom. They should believe in American exceptionalism. They should believe in the greatness of our country. They should believe that this country, America, is a shining city on a hill. But the problem is, is that most of our leaders, all of the leaders in the Biden administration and almost every Democrat serving in the House today, they believe that that America is a country that should be fundamentally transformed. And if you believe that something must be fundamentally transformed, then you have to destroy what it was. And through these actions of these of, of all of these corrupt DAs, that's exactly what they're doing. It feels like the final nail in the coffin to all of our once trusted institutions like the FBI. Of course, the FBI has always had its issues, but by and large, most Americans trusted it. 20 years ago, the distrust of the F- FBI, was, was it out there? Of course. But was it at the level that it is today? No. How about our military? It's been completely politicized. I mean, it's almost as if the Biden administration is trying to remake the military in his image to be some sort of praetorian guard for the left, you know, by purging the military of conservatives or patriots or, or saying that people that believe in in and make America great again or people who vote for Trump uh, or patriots or people who, you know, have the founding documents displayed in the room should be, hey, we should keep an eye on those people. Your homeland security even classified them as potential domestic right-wing extremists, domestic terrorists. I mean, there's a real problem here. The institutions in this country that were founded with the best of intentions to make our lives safer, well, I feel like their collective eye has turned inwards. And their focus is on people who love this country, people who believe in America, people who are patriots, people who believe in the Constitution. And right now, their ire seems to be focused on Donald Trump. And I've said it before and I'll say it again, but this is a man, you know, I support him. You know, he called me into politics uh, as an outsider, never run for anything before in my life, but I support him because I watched what he was able to do over his four years in the White House. You know, I don't have any, look, I these other Republicans that are running against him, I've told you all before, you've heard me all say this, I don't have, hey, you want to run for president? You you want to you want to go and 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 run against Donald Trump, who I believe is the most electrifying political figure ever in our country, certainly during my lifetime. I've never seen crowds like I have for any other candidate for Donald Trump, and he does it on the regular. It's it's unbelievable. Is he? Can he be polarizing? Of course. Does he always say the right thing? No. But neither do I. Neither do you. I mean. Who does? And so my point is, these other Republican candidates who are running, look, I I get it. You want to run for president. Maybe you're running for a cabinet position. I don't know. But at this point, how can you see what's happening in this country right now? How can you see 
what the system is doing to Donald Trump and just be okay with it. At some point, you have to make a decision about getting out of the race and rallying around this president because, you know, the fact of the matter, speaking directly to Ron DeSantis, you wouldn't have been governor of Florida without Donald Trump, period, end of story. You know that. I know that. The American people know that. Mike Pence, look, I know him. Like, I, I think he's a good guy. I've met him a couple times. Like, I don't know what he's thinking on the campaign trail. Uh, I don't know why he seems to be attacking President Trump like he is. Maybe it's just politics as usual. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Maybe I was tricked. You know, Vivek, you know, Tim Scott, Nikki Haley. At some point, you have to look yourself at, look at, look at yourself in the mirror and do a deep dive and do a self audit and reflect on at what point do you get out and circle your wagons around President Trump. Because if you think that this, all of this political persecution stops with just him, boy, you got another thing coming because I think you're in for some real unpleasant surprises in the future. And look no further than these indictments in Georgia. They didn't just indict Donald Trump. They indicted Rudy Giuliani. They indicted John Eastman. They indicted Jenna Ellis. They indicted a whole cohort of people, a whole cohort of people, even even Donald Trump's lawyers who were giving him advice about the Constitution. They're going after them, too, because Donald Trump, because the system believes that Donald Trump is not entitled to lawyers. He's not entitled. I mean, hey, look, the indictment, all this stuff, all this process stuff, this is pomp and circumstance. It's already been predetermined. He does not deserve the presumption of innocence. He's guilty, period, end of story, full stop. That's what the system believes. And these charges that they're trumping him up on, my God, it's an absolute, it's an absolute joke. So these Republicans, you're in the race, you're running against Trump. At what point do you get out and rally around him? I just, it's an open-ended question. And I think it's fair because this isn't about you. This is about saving this country. And if they take down Donald Trump, and it seems like they are hell-bent on doing just that, they're coming for you next. Bookmark this episode because it's going to happen. Look at some of these charges. I want to read them directly to you. Uh, This is directly from Fannie Willis's indictment. On or about the 6th day of December 2020, Donald John Trump caused, caused to be tweeted from the Twitter account, real Donald Trump. Gee, what a surprise. Has anyone informed the so-called, quote, or in parentheses, says he has no power to do anything, Governor Brian Kemp and his puppet <laughs> Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan, that they could easily solve this mess and win? Signature verification and call a special session. So easy. The Georgia indictment says that advocating for robust signature verification, which is the law, is a criminal conspiratorial act. Not exaggerating. Those are exactly, those were words taken directly from this indictment. Or how about this? On or about the 27th day of December, 2020, Mark Randall Meadows, who was then President Trump's, um, I believe he was the chief of staff at that time, sent a text message to office of the Georgia secretary, sent a text, sent a text message. Sorry, this text is small that I'm reading here. Sent a text message to Office of the Georgia Secretary of State Chief Investigator 
Francis Watson, that stated in part, is there a way to speed up Fulton County signature verification in order to have the results before January 6th if Trump campaign can assist financially? This was an overt act in furtherance of the conspiracy. So, <laughs> so here, so so here Trump is offering to maybe help offset the costs of speeding up the process so that he could have the information necessary to make a decision on January 6th when the electors are being certified in Congress. And by the way, this was no different. This was no different than Mark Zuckerberg dumping tens of millions of dollars into swing states all across the country called Zuckerbucks. I think Atlanta got $50 million worth of Zuckerbucks to put drop boxes and to facilitate mail-in voting in heavily Democrat areas. It's okay for Mark Zuckerberg, big tech oligarch, not okay for Donald Trump because he's a conservative. He's a Republican. He There's two-tiered system of justice, and he is not entitled to the same due process and the same presumption of innocence as the rest of this country. It's crazy, crazy double standard. How about this one? On or about the seventh day of December 2020, Rudolph Williams Lewis Giuliani caused to be tweeted from the Twitter account Rudy Giuliani a retweet of unindicted co-conspirator, individual and whose identity is known to the grand jury that stated, Georgia Patriot call to action. Today is the day we need you to call your state Senate and House reps and ask them to sign the petition for a special session. (laughs) What? We must have free and fair elections in Georgia, and this is our only path to ensuring every legal vote is counted. (laughs) Like <laughs> no joke. The next sentence. This was an overt act in furtherance of the conspiracy. What the hell? Like <laughs> calling for a special session to legally protest an election or, or not even protest it. Just debate it on a state house floor is, is an act of criminal conspiracy. Do you all see what's happening in this country right now? If you don't wake up before it's too late, please. Here's the next one. On or about the third day of December 2020, Donald John Trump, like you get this, I can't, I'm trying not, I'm trying not to laugh because this is really serious stuff, but this is like, this is like a clown world that we live in. Listen to this one. Donald John Trump caused to be tweeted from the Twitter account, real Donald Trump, Georgia hearings now on own one America news network. Amazing. Next sentence. This was an overt act in furtherance of the conspiracy. What? Telling people to tune in to One American News Network for for a for a hearing is cons- criminal conspiracy? What the hell is going on with these people? Here's the last one, I promise. And there are a lot more. Don't and by the way, don't trust me on this stuff. Go read it for yourself. I mean, just seriously, I'm just getting this stuff right out of this woman's indictment. On or about the 21st day of November, 2020. Wait, hey, hang on. Oh, check this out. Oh, get the, yeah. Mark Randall, I just wanted to make sure it wasn't the same one. Uh, Mark Randall Meadows sent a text message to United States Representative Scott Perry from Pennsylvania, who is a great guy, by the way, and stated, can you send me the number for the speaker and leader of the PA legislature? POTUS wants to chat with them. <laughs> what? This is a, this was an overt act in furtherance of the conspiracy. What the hell is going on here? Am I, I, I mean, 
sometimes like I pinch myself and I wonder if this is reality. How is calling somebody and asking for the phone numbers of local state representatives to discuss an election with a ton of issues an act of conspiracy? It's the only legal remedy that we have to protest elections. And Democrats have used it for 50 years. Every single election that they have lost, they have protested, they've said was stolen, they called Trump illegitimate for four damn years. They even in 2016, they had a petition that had four million signatures about appointing an alternate slate of electors for Hillary Clinton. Are we going to arrest all four million of those crazy insurrectionists? Of course not. They're Democrats, they're liberals. They're entitled to a different standard of justice than all of us measly patriots. This is kind of stuff makes your head explode, doesn't it? I mean, it's crazy, folks. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. So are the Republicans or talked about the the these Republican uh, candidates in the primary having a come. Are they having a come to Jesus moment with themselves, with their staff? Like, hey, it's really hitting the fan right now. You know, I know President Trump like was a great president and he, he he made good on all of his promises and I'm running against him right now because well I don't who the hell knows why but hey you want to do that it's, it's it's you can how are these people responding well I'll tell you about how uh Governor Kemp responded and I want to read you this um tweet he put something out here that said this let me get it let me pull the tweet up here okay so consider everything that we just talked about uh, Fannie Willis' statement, reading through the actual indictments set forth in her court, in her charges, in her indictment paperwork, 100-page indictment paperwork. The governor of Georgia issued this statement. Just, just bear with me here. The 2020 election in Georgia, and th- uh, he's actually, he's actually He's actually quote tweeting Donald Trump. Okay, so let me just back up and just say Donald Trump said on Truth Social, a large, complex, detailed, but irrefutable report on the presidential election fraud, which took place in Georgia, is almost complete and will be presented by me at a major news conference at 11 a.m. on Monday of next week in Bedminster, New Jersey. Based on the results of this conclusive report, all charges should be dropped against me and others. There will be a complete exoneration. They never went after those that rigged the election. They only went after those that fought to find the riggers. So Governor Kemp, again, the governor of Georgia, quote tweets this, like screen with a picture of Donald Trump's truth. And he says, the 2020 election in Georgia was not stolen for nearly for nearly three years now. Anyone with evidence of fraud has failed to come forward under oath and prove anything in a court of law. Our elections in Georgia are secure, accessible, and fair, and will continue to be as long as I am governor. The future of our country is at stake in 2024, and that must be our focus. (sighs) Folks, first of all, Tucker did, and go find this on the internet. You'll find it. Tucker Carlson did an entire segment on Fulton County on how ballots from different batches were seemingly Xerox. They were identical, even down to the scribbles and the way that Republican was written on the ballot, even even down to the way I'm telling you, even down to the way that 
that things were filled out. They were just photocopied, found in, in, in different batches. Look, I don't have an explanation for this. I don't know how the hell it happened, but clearly there's something there. They the Prosecutors, people that were questioning the election, took that all the way to an appellate court in the state of Georgia where they were kicked out of court on a lack of standing. So, in fact, almost every single one of Trump's cases were dismissed, not on the merits, not based on what he said, not based on you know whether or not the 2020 election was free and fair and not rigged. They didn't discuss the merits of any of those cases. I know because one of them was mine. And not only did they dismiss my case in Pennsylvania with prejudice on something that was brazenly unconstitutional, the no excuse mail-in ballot law, that, that I'm telling you, it's brazenly unconstitutional, but it's a story for another day, dismissed my case with prejudice on standing and, and made sure that it was with prejudice so that I and Mike Kelly and the other representatives uh, from Congress could never challenge that law again in the state of Pennsylvania. <laughs> like These cases were never evaluated on the merits. So to say that no one came forward and, and presented credible evidence in court, it's just, it's just misleading. You know it, Governor Kemp. You know that. And, and by the way, I'm just going to say this. Maybe no one comes forward because your DA will put them in prison. I mean, this isn't hard to understand. And it, look, I got nothing against you, Governor Kemp. I don't. But what the hell are you doing? Do you not see what time it is? You had nothing to say when Fannie Willis, Fulton County DA, leaked the predetermined indictment yesterday. You, you were crickets on that. You had nothing to say about the fake political charges, crickets on that. But man, when it comes to attacking Trump, you're all over that, huh? Look, I know you don't like the guy. I know he doesn't like you. I get it. But even if you don't like President Trump, even if you don't support him, how the hell can't you see what's happening and think to yourself, wait a second, this is bigger than me. This is bigger than my personality conflict. I don't care. Yeah, I know I don't like the guy. I don't care. The right answer is figuring out a way to stop Fannie Willis from this ridiculous political persecution. So Jeff Duncan, who is a former lieutenant governor of Georgia, also had stuff to say yesterday. Did he take a stand against this? No. Roll the tape. This feels different. Uh, you know what? Donald Trump did his, did his most damage in Georgia. Uh, he sucked the soul out of the Republican Party here. Uh, he sucked the morality out of the Republican Party, the fiscal responsibility out of the Republican Party. He's, he, he sucked our winning percentage out of the Republican Party. He's taken everything from us, and it is our turn to take it back, right? It's our turn to win elections based on the policies that we think we're better on. This is the prime spot for us to take Joe Biden to the woodshed and call him out for not running the border right, not protecting our communities, not putting our best foot forward internationally. These are our moments in time. But if we make this about the three ring circus of Donald Trump, we will lose, lose and lose again. <laughs> He's taken everything from us. And it's our turn to take it back. You see what's happening here, right? So what he's saying, folks, what he's saying is that, yes, I'm fine with the political persecution of Donald Trump, even though he represents 75 million Americans who voted for him. He's okay with it because it will allow these establishment wimps 
to take back control of our party. Hell no. Hell no. Where are all of the fighters? You know, Charlie Kirk said something like this, and I'm just going to echo his sentiments, but Republicans did nothing about Bill Clinton flying to Epstein Island with minors. Republicans did nothing about Hillary Clinton smashing devices after they were subpoenaed. Republicans did nothing about James Comey brazenly lying. Republicans did nothing about Andy McCabe plotting a silent coup against the sitting president. Republicans, nothing. They did nothing about Black Lives Matter raising $100 million and breaking every charitable, charitable law on the books. Republicans in Arkansas did nothing about Hunter Biden's crimes. Republicans have done nothing against Antifa and their interstate RICO operations. I mean, it's like Republicans have done nothing to push back against COVID, to hold Fauci and Burks and all these biomedical security state unelected bureaucrats accountable. Republicans have done nothing. So let me ask you this, folks. Why the hell would any Democrat be afraid of Republicans? We don't do anything. We don't fight back. There's no opposition party in this country. Where are the fighters? What the hell are we doing about this? We've got to do something because the Democrats are lying, are laughing in our faces about it. And when I say Democrats, no, I don't mean, you know, Robert F. Kennedy Democrats. I don't mean blue dog Democrats who are pro-life and pro-gun and still love America. No, I mean Democrat communists. Hillary Clinton went on with Rachel Maddow last night and it went about as you expected. Let's go ahead and roll the tape. Are you fancy meeting you? Oh, I can't believe this. (laughs) Yeah, this is not the circumstances in which I expected to be talking to you. Nor me, Rachel. It's always good to talk to you. But honestly, um, I didn't think that it would be under these circumstances. Yet another set of indictments. This is something. These Democrats, these communists, they're laughing at you. They're laughing at Republicans. Lack of spine. We do nothing against these people who call us Nazis, xenophobes, domestic terrorists, misogynists. You cling to your guns and your Bibles. We do nothing ever to push back against these people. And I don't mean violent. I don't mean that. I mean politically. What are you doing? You're issuing strongly worded letters. You're holding committees that never go anywhere. What the hell are Republicans doing? Fight back. So frustrating to me. Do you know that Florida Democrats were planning on submitting a slate of alternate electors in 2000 should their legal challenges after Bush v. Gore, their legal challenges had been successful. They had an alternate slate of electors in 2000 ready to go. Did you know that in 1871 in Tilden v. Hayes, they appointed an alternate slate of electors? Alternate slate of electors, what happened in Hawaii in 1960, Lawrence Tribe, progressive legal scholar from Harvard, had suggested the same strategy. In other words, there's only one way that's agreed upon by Republicans and Democrats to legally protest an election in this country. And Donald J. Trump did exactly that after the 2020 election. They're trying to throw him in prison for 700 plus years when you add up all these damn charges. This was the established legal process for challenging election results before 2023 when Democrats decided to make it illegal retroactively. There's no coming back from where we are, folks. 
the window to save America is closing rapidly. And what the hell are we going to do about it? Alan Dershowitz weighed in on Real American News about the history of challenging or appointing alternate slates of electors and challenging elections and how that process is to unfold. Now, Dershowitz is a Democrat. Dershowitz had said just yesterday on Fox News that he is not a Trump supporter, but he's someone who believes in the Constitution, and that matters to him. And it should matter. The Constitution is all that matters because we don't take an oath to, to any sort of political party. Upholding the Constitution sometimes means you know, affording your political rivals the same rights, God-given rights, rights with a capital R, to your political foes. Our founders were very afraid of the political persecution of, of our rivals. So here's what Alan Dershowitz had to say about challenging elections in America. Go ahead and roll the tape. Remember that the appropriate way of challenging an election, the legally appropriate way, is to put up a slate of alternate electors. That's the way it was done in Tilden Hayes. That's the way it was done uh, in the uh, 1960 election and, and validated by a court in Hawaii. That's the way it was done when I was involved in challenging the election of uh, George Bush. Uh, on behalf of Al Gore, I represented the voters of Palm Beach County. And we were planning, obviously, to put up a slate of Florida electors who would represent what we believe, courts ruled against us, but what we honestly believe was the electoral results in Florida. That's the way you challenge elections. You don't get local prosecutors or even special counsel uh, to indict somebody for doing what has been done historically in the way of challenging elections. Or you go back and you read Professor Lawrence Tribe's memorandum. He was a Democrat who, who was one of the lawyers for Al Gore. He proposed this way of challenging the election. Mm -hmm. And now his research assistant has proposed the similar way of challenging the election in 2020. But in one case, they're going after them criminally. That's just wrong. It's just wrong. So what can... Americans? What can Republicans do about this? Well, let's start here. Georgia has a newly created law enabling a panel to remove DAs who are derelict or unethical in their duties. This panel came into existence in July. It starts accepting complaints on October 1st. If the very first complaint, this is now this is from this is from Charlie Kirk. And I agree. If the very first complaint isn't a damning case against Fannie Willis and her illegal anti-constitutional stunt, then the Republicans deserve their subsequent fate. Now, here's a source on this. It's uh, it's an Associated Press article. Surprise. I mean, they're a liberal rag, but let's take them at their word on this. Um, Governor Kemp. I mean, let's, I'll tell you, if you want to Google this, just go ahead and uh, I'll give you the title of the article here in a second. Georgia enacts law letting panel punish and oust prosecutors. Hmm, that sounds like it would be really useful in this whole Fannie Mae or Fannie, Fannie Willis debacle. Governor Brian Kemp signed a bill into law on Friday. Now, this is back in May, creating a new commission empowered to discipline and remove wayward prosecutors, saying it will curb far left prosecutors who are making our communities less safe. Amen. Because it would be really, really, really great if if 
this DA, instead of, you know, throwing all of her political capital and all of her time into charging a former president trumped up with bogus charges, it'd be great if, you know, she focused on the surging crime in her communities. I mean, crime in Atlanta and in Georgia is completely out of control. Maybe she should actually focus her efforts there. And hey, Republic, Republicans control the state of Florida. They control the Senate. They control the state house. Got a Republican governor. Why the hell aren't you using this brand new law to get rid of this woman? To hold her accountable? Because what she's doing will change this country forever. But that ain't it, by the way. Here's, a little, here's some, some more that we can do. Congress has to impeach Biden yesterday. Impeachment inquiry, step one, actually impeach the guy is the next step. Look, as to whether or not that happened, like if he's going to be convicted in the Senate, I don't know. Doesn't matter. Put him through the ringer. Make him go to trial. Put on a trial so every damn media network in the country has to, has to cover it. Who cares how they spin it? Put his corruption out there. Let the millions upon millions of independents and Republicans who aren't paying attention, and maybe some of the more moderately minded Democrats, let them see the corruption firsthand. Put the Democrats on defense for once. Next step is Merrick Garland. Impeach him too. He's weaponized the DOJ to a point where no one trusts anything anymore. It's sickening. Hold him accountable. Impeach him. Put the Democrats on defense. And how about this? Republicans control the House of Representatives. We control the purse spring, the purse strings. Like, use it. Defund Jack Smith. Defund him. Don't pay him. Release no funds for him. They also need to cut off federal funding to New York City and Atlanta. And hell, come September 30th, because there's going to be a big fight over government shutdown September 30th. Shut down the government if need be. Until these political persecution stop withhold funding for all of it stop allowing these democrats to use our own tax dollars against us your republicans control the house of representatives stop them stop funding them put them on defense go on offense for once in your life because doing so could mean saving this country bringing us back from the brink I believe America is dying. We're not dead yet, but damn it, take action and do something. President Trump doesn't seem like he's backing down from any of this. In fact, anytime there's a fight, President Trump tends to lean right into it. Um, and by the way, they're so crazy. I got this video that I'm going to play for you next from Mays on Twitter. He's got all sorts of great videos. But President Trump's base of support is so strong that his base are actually putting together commercials for him and videos for him at their own expense, using their own time. Have you ever seen, I mean, come on, pretty damn amazing. Uh, President Trump is not backing down. Check this out. What dropped today from Mays on Twitter. The test of a man is how much he will bear for a cause which he knows to be right. How long will he stand in the depths of despair? How much Will he suffer and fight? There are many to serve when the victory is near, and few are the hurts to be borne. But it calls for a leader of courage to cheer the men in a battle forlorn. 
It is the way you hold out against odds that are great that proves what your courage is worth. It is the way that you stand to the bruises of fate that shows up your stature and girth. And victory is nothing but proof of your skill, veneered with a glory that's thin. Unless it is a proof of unfaltering will, and unless you have suffered to win. There you go. President Trump isn't backing down. So how did Democrats react after Hillary Clinton lost at, back in 2016? Um, how did they react when elections didn't go there? Well, well, of course, we know that Hillary Clinton was out there. The election was stolen from me. Oh, oh, yeah, and every Democrat's called Trump an illegitimate president. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about how did the Democrats discuss publicly the idea of the only legal remedy that we have in this country to challenge elections, protesting the electors, or perhaps even appointing an alternate slate of electors, which again, this is not a radical thing. This has happened at points in time in our history before. So I like, and but before we get to that, again, don't forget to subscribe to my Rumble channel. Okay. Make sure you hit the little like thumbs up button, comment in the live chat. I promise, I promise I will get to you and I will reply to your comment or I'll like your comment. It's hard to do during the actual show itself because obviously I'm in the moment and I'm, 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 I'm talking directly to you. But don't forget to do that stuff. I also want to highlight Cabot Guns, which is another one of the sponsors of, of Battleground Live. They make the best 1911 pistols in the country, hands down. They shoot like a dream. Go to their website. Have a look at their guns and their pistols for themselves. they got this new tactical pistol that they rolled out called the Apocalypse. Absolutely incredible. Rolls-Royce of the 1911 pistols. They really, truly are absolutely, absolutely awesome. So go check them out. We're grateful to have your support, Cabot. Thank you. I know you love the Second Amendment. We do, too. God bless you. Um, all right. Back to news here. How do Democrats react when elections don't go their way? Well, of course they complain. You know, of course they they're all over the news cycle with their allies in the media who help them elevate their message about stolen elections. Hell, actually, now that I think about it, do you remember after Hillary Clinton won, you even had all of these Democrats like Adam Schiff, Kamala Harris, I think all Sheila Jackson Lee in the House, they were all talking about how voting machines couldn't be trusted, how we need to go to all paper ballots, voting machines could be hacked. I don't remember a class action lawsuit from Dominion going against any of them, uh, but they did. They protested it for four straight years. They protested. But I found this really interesting video. I think uh, Jack Posobiec posted it on Twitter. And again, his Twitter is really great. Um, but he posted a video of Van Jones on how to properly contest elections. I want you to watch it. And just just think this is how they this is how they talked back then when their person lost. Check this out. Vice President, federal law says all election disputes at the state level need to be wrapped up by December 8th so the electors can cast their ballots on December the 14th. Now, each state governor has got to certify the electors' votes and then send them on to Congress. So the results aren't official until the new Congress counts those ballots on January the 6th. Now, it's usually a straightforward process, but let's say 
One of the candidates questions the legitimacy of the state's count. The governor could choose not to certify the electors' votes, or, though this is really unlikely, the state legislature could decide to contest the election and send a different count to Congress, meaning Congress could end up with no results or with competing results from the same state. Now, that's a violation of federal law, so Congress would no longer have to honor that state's electors at all. Now, the House and the Senate can then decide which result is valid or throw out the votes from that state altogether. Now, I know you think I'm crazy, but this actually happened. It was 1876, shortly after the Civil War. Samuel Tilden won the popular vote, but there were 19 electoral votes in dispute. Congress had to step in and broker a compromise. Rutherford Hayes was eventually named president in exchange for the end of Reconstruction and the withdrawal of federal troops from the South. Here's where things get even more interesting. If a candidate still doesn't have a majority of electoral votes by the end of this process, the 12th Amendment says the House of Representatives decides who will be president and each state delegation gets one vote. The Senate picks a vice president. No matter what happens, somebody has got to take the oath of office on January 20th. So help me God. If both the president and the vice president are still undecided, the Speaker of the House temporarily gets that job. Well, there you have it. That was Van Jones on the legal process that we have here in this country to challenge elections. It's actually very informative. And I agree with everything that he says, except for now Democrats are trying to make it all illegal. If people like Van Jones had any ounce of integrity at all, I mean, and I heard he's a nice guy. Why aren't you speaking out now? If that's how you felt then, why aren't you speaking out now? I mean, you gave a really articulate breakdown with cool little animated graphics on there of why it's appropriate that 4 million people propose an alternate slate of electors for Hillary Clinton. I mean, yeah, that's great. Why aren't you speaking out now? Again, because what this corrupt DA is doing, actually corrupt DAs, along with beady-eyed little shaky prosecutor, mouth-breathing Jack Smith, what they're doing is destroying this country. I mean, there isn't any, it's hard to imagine what what other Rubicons can be crossed at this point. I mean, this is the, the death of justice in America directly correlates to a breakdown of society and the death of freedom. Not far after that, be for wholesale collapse of this country and our constitution and everything that we hold dear. And interesting, oh, think about the Van Jones thing. One more thing on that. Isn't it funny how it was the Democrats who threw out 19 electoral votes altogether just to end Reconstruction? <laughs> like You don't ever forget that Democrats are the party of the KKK. Democrats are the racists and one of the, one of the craziest political moves ever. Sometime, somehow, they've been able to flip the script and convince the media that Republicans are are they're, we're the ones getting called racist all the time. Democrats are the party of the KKK. I mean, for God's sake, Joe Biden, our sitting president, eulogized a. I think I can't I can't ever remember the ranks here, but you Robert Byrd or whatever whatever his name is. He was a senator. He was a grand wizard of the KKK or something like that. And uh, I think Snopes or some left wing sp- uh, fact checker. Uh, fact checked it and said oh this this is false he, he, joe biden didn't eulogize a grand wizard's funeral of the kkk and then you go down and read the fine print it's like actually 
Uh, Joe Biden didn't while while Joe Biden didn't eulogize a grand wizard, he did in fact eulogize a a grand cyclops or whatever the hell the rank is. <laughs> These people, the Democrats are the party of the KKK. So it's just it's just crazy to me how Democrats have been able to flip the script on that. How about Hillary Clinton? Okay, Hillary Clinton. When she lost, of course, you've seen a million shows that talk about the show her stealing the election. Um, she still talks about it today. Uh, but I think perhaps one of the best known clips is where she's out there talking about how she talks to other Democrat candidates and uh, about running a race in the idea that it doesn't matter what you do on the campaign trail. I mean, and, and the reason why I want to show you this clip is because. Hillary Clinton, the Clintons, by and large, along with the Obamas, they're the de facto heads of the Democrat Party. Um, And if Hillary Clinton is telling younger candidates that elections can be stolen, it means that they're weaving that narrative into the fabric of their candidates. Now, how can one party get away with saying that stuff, but not Republicans, not Donald Trump, who's the de facto leader of the Republican Party, when in fact, the election in 2020 was rigged. You could say whatever you want. And I know that there will be like libs that watch this show and say that I'm a conspiracy theorist. But if you don't believe me, libs that are watching this show, go Google the Time magazine article where they talked about fortifying the election. So if saying fortified instead of rigged makes you feel a little bit better, fine. Say, OK, fortify the election in 2020. They rigged the election in 2020. President Trump talked about it. Now they're trying to throw him in prison. Let's let's roll that clip of Hillary Clinton now where she talks about discussing stolen elections with young candidates. I think it's also critical to understand that, as I've been telling candidates who have come to see me, you can run the best campaign, you can even become the nominee, and you can have the election stolen from you. All those people clapping. Oh, yeah, stolen elections. Like, uh, well, what? So it's okay. It's okay for Hillary Clinton to say that, but not President Trump. Do you have a shred of dignity at all? <laughs> like it's almost like it's almost like this entire process is political. It's almost like they're trying to do this to interfere in the 2024 election because they know they've seen the polls that everyone else has seen. If you're paying attention, that Donald Trump is the only one that can that, that they can really challenge Biden in swing states. Donald Trump is the only one with an actual base where thousands upon thousands of people show up, even in Democrat areas like Erie County, to support him even a full year before a primary. Donald Trump is the only candidate that they fear because. He doesn't represent the Republican Party or the Democrat Party. He's a conservative. He's running as a Republican, but he stands for you, the forgotten men and women of this great country, the people who Washington seems like they don't care about us, as evidenced by many of their the policies, even the latest policies of supporting Ukraine at the uh, Ukrainian border at the expense of our own southern border or passing laws that send inflation through the roof while crippling our oil and gas industry. Now, for a damn near a decade, the greatest hedge against inflation in this country has been the petrodollar and our ability to to, to drill and, and transport fuel in this country. The greatest hedge against inflation is the petrodollar. But so 
it almost seems like it's deliberate. Inflationary laws passed in D.C. simultaneously crushing our ability to to produce natural gas here at home and be a net exporter for it abroad, funding wars and other countries' borders instead of our own. Donald Trump he doesn't support any of that stuff. And because of that, they're trying to throw the guy in jail. So back to Hillary Clinton. Uh, again, you saw the video of, of Hillary Clinton and Rachel Maddow laughing uh, at all of us after they indicted President Trump. Never mind the fact that she and her campaign literally destroyed servers with top secret information on them with hammers and bleach bit after they'd been subpoenaed. And when she was asked about it by Ed Henry, did you wipe your servers? She didn't even talk. Not never mind wiping. She destroyed them with a hammer. She said, she said, what, 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 like wipe them with a cloth? Ha 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 ha. Ha ha ha. Like, like no one was ever held accountable for that. What she did was a hundred thousand times worse than anything Donald Trump did. She's not even not only is she not held accountable, she's allowed to go on MSNBC with Rachel Maddow, who, by the way, is a complete and total joke. And, and laugh in all of our faces. It's sickening and disgusting. If this clip doesn't make you throw up in your mouth, I, I'm sure, I don't know. Hopefully it doesn't. But if it does, you've been warned. Let's roll it. That um, the system of democracy at its heart is the idea that the people get to decide how we are governed. And if we, be- if we no longer believe that our will is effectuated through the system, if bad actors tell us falsely that every election is stolen and that the only way an election is uh, trustworthy is if they come out on top of it, um, then something it's, it, it's, it tells you something not just about that person or that moment. It maybe wounds us as a democracy and in a way that is hard to repair. Mm-hmm. What do you think about how we get better um, after the wounds that have been inflicted on us through this process? Well, I think, you know, the truth matters. Um, I think having these cases be brought and be brought in such professional manners, we'll see how they unfold. Obviously, uh, the trials, um, if there are trials, are going to be critically important. But the article you mentioned that I published about the weaponization of loneliness really does, in my view, point to the larger cultural concerns because the lack of trust, the divisiveness, the undermining of faith in ourselves, in each other, uh, respect for our institutions, uh, the rule of law, all of that has been deliberately inculcated within our body politic. You know, there were trends before. I mean, we have seen how people have become more isolated, less community oriented, less civically minded. Then we see how social media and technology has certainly accelerated a lot of those trends. But the deliberate effort to divide Americans. You know, I just I just got to clap because the brazen nature with which Hillary Clinton and Rachel Maddow lie is just breathtaking. It's really something to behold. If bad actors didn't didn't tell us falsely that every election is stolen and that the only way an election is trustworthy is if they come out on top. Now, never mind the fact that I just showed you a clip of Hillary Clinton saying that elections can't be stolen. Never mind the fact that just this next clip is going to blow your mind that Rachel Maddow for damn near four years 
jumped on board one of the craziest hoaxes known to man, the Russia hoax. She was a PP tape hoaxer. She's out there talking about President Trump being a foreign agent. Never mind the fact that that clip where Hillary Clinton saying, well, the truth, the truth matters. The truth? This is coming from you, Hillary Clinton? It's like one of the biggest liars of the 21st century. Are you kidding me? The truth matters. And how about how about the 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 professional manner in which these cases have been brought? Are you kidding me? One of the indictment charges for Trump is that he's told people to tune in to One America News Network. What the hell is wrong with you people? Am I living in the Matrix? How is this happening in America? It only happens because we let it happen. It's absolutely crazy. Come on, Republicans, fight back. But okay, so now remember, Matt, I'll just said if bad actors tell us falsely that every election is stolen and and, and they use the Russia hoax to basically say that the 2016 election was stolen. Remember that bad actors tell us falsely that every election is stolen. Keep that phrase on the forefront of your mind as we play this next clip of Rachel Maddow. Go ahead. Let's roll the tape. We are still every day dealing with this question of whether or not our president was chosen, not just because of a foreign intelligence operation. We're we're grappling with this existential question as to whether his campaign was part of that foreign intelligence operation. Russia. Russia, Vladimir Putin, Russia, 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 hate Russia, 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 Putin, Russia's Russia, 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 Russian, 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 Russia, Russia, Moscow, Moscow, Russia, Russian, pro-Russian, Russian, Russia, Russian, 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 the Russians, Russian, 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 Russians, Russians, Russian, 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 Russia, Russian, 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 Moscow, Russian, Russian, Russia, Putin, Russian, 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 Russian against us. Like, are you kidding me right now? Bad actors false tell us falsely that every election is stolen. All every time she said Russia in the very next breath was that they stole our election. They influenced our election. That Trump is a foreign agent. Come on. If you can't see what look, if people, if you got friends that are like, oh, the, the Hunter Biden laptop, it's been proven to be Russian disinformation. Or if you got friends that are like, Oh, well, Trump is a foreign agent. Just please show them the clip that I just showed you. Consider yourself an ambassador for this country, for truth. Like, that's the only way this country is going to survive is, you know, all this talk growing up about, oh, well, you know, had family. We shouldn't talk about politics or religion. Well, maybe we should have talked about politics and religion a little bit more. Maybe we wouldn't be in some of these situations where people are afraid to talk politics because they're afraid to piss people off. Well, you know what? Maybe that's what's required. Maybe maybe Republicans can't be afraid to take a stand. Maybe Republicans need to say, stand up, get a spine and say, hey, there's a line that you ain't allowed to cross. And, and this is it because this country and our constitution matters. So Stacey Abrams, I'll get to her last because there's a direct parallel from Stacey Abrams to everything that's happening in Georgia with Donald Trump. And I think anybody who's watching this show knows that Stacey Abrams still hasn't conceded the 2018 election. There's a, there's a video that I found out there. We were in five straight minutes of Georgia Democrat who ran for governor against Kemp denying the results of her 2018 election a loss. And this is important because she's from Georgia. And not only did she lose that election, not only did she never concede, she's also like 
now be because of her election denialism and not to use the, the phrase that a lot of people in the media use because i hate using their propaganda but uh, <laughs> she just she's now like starring in, as an a-list actress in star trek movies no they didn't cast her as the moon or anything they cast her as like a president in star trek i mean she's she's now like failing up again remember the golden rule is i always talk about the golden rule but the golden rule is in politics is the democrats always 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 re- accuse republicans of things that they themselves are guilty of the second rule is democrats fail up they could suck they have no leadership potential whatsoever like jay carney spokesperson at the obama white house now he's on the board of amazon how i have no freaking ideas never had any private business sector experience in his entire life but democrats fail up uh so let's just i just want you to see for yourself the hypocrisy of these people talking about elections being stolen and not conceding while sitting back quietly and let Donald Trump be indicted. Let's let's roll this tape of state. Now, no, by the way, there's five minutes. We all, I think we all, I think I think we only got like 90 seconds, but there's an actual five minute clip of this out there. If you want, I'll post it in the comments. You can see it for yourself. But just watch this 90 seconds of Stacey Abrams. Georgia Democrat denying the results of her 2018 election. I do have one very affirmative statement to make. We won. But I didn't lose. I got the votes. But we won't know exactly how many because of how they cheated. I did win my election. I just didn't get to have the job. We were robbed of an election. Using the word rigged, using the word steal. Do you think it's dangerous going into 2020? I, I don't because we can actually back it up. And so in response to what I believe was a stolen election. I'm not saying they stole it from me. They stole it from the voters of Georgia. Back to went outside asking if I'm ever going to concede. The answer is no. This is not a speech of concession. Because concession means to acknowledge an action is right, true, or proper. And I will not concede because the erosion of our democracy is not right. People that say you're going to steal your election. It was not a free and fair election. I think the election was stolen from the people of Georgia. I believe it was stolen from the voters. Thousands of Georgians had their voices stolen because they were not able to cast ballots. And they cannot be guaranteed that their votes will be counted in 2020 if we don't do this right. If what happens to you happens nationally, and we we see uh, whoever runs for, whoever wins the Democratic nominee, if they say, actually, I can prove that there's a number of votes in every state that that in the, in the, the same thing that you just described happens in multiple states, should they concede? I do not think we should concede an election until we know the results of an election. <laughs> it's only 90 seconds. This, this, uh, I mean, this this woman is a is a is a walking highlight reel for talking about how her election was stolen. Has she been charged? No, no. She starred, though, in a Star Trek movie where she's the president, though. So that's cool. Like, not only has she not been charged, she's failed right on up the ladder. <laughs> so I uh, that's all we got for you today, folks. I'm sorry. I can't help but laugh at this stuff, but it's, it's deadly, deadly serious. I mean, these people are not only are are they just so brazen with their lies and their propaganda now it's so easy to find these supercuts of these democrats just being total mouth breathing moron hypocrites it's it's you got to have fun with it otherwise you just get depressed 
So I want to just take a minute. Thank you all for watching. Again, I'm going to remind you, please, 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 if you're watching, subscribe uh, to this channel and, and click that little thumbs up rumble button because it helps with lots of you know stuff, algorithm stuff, really, that I don't understand. Uh, you're watching Battleground Live. I'm so grateful for you all. Um, oh, tomorrow, we're putting together a great show for you tomorrow. We're going to talk about more men shattering women's sports records, uh, total insanity. Hillary Clinton in this episode talked about, well, the, the truth matters. This is coming from people who can't even define what a woman is. Uh, we're going to talk about that tomorrow. And we're going to talk about like one of the gravest dangers that our society faces today. Uh, just almost just as dangerous as the police state, especially because they go hand in hand now. But the dangers and perils of a cashless society, the world seems to be moving in that direction. And we have to say collectively, collectively to that, hell no. Because, you know, a move to a cashless society is the death of freedom. We're going to talk about that tomorrow and a whole lot more. So in the meantime, thank you all so much for watching. God bless you all. Never quit. Never surrender watching Battleground Live. God bless you all, and God bless this amazing country that we live in. Take care. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com.